0: Welcome to Bitcoin fixes this where we explore the impact that Bitcoin will have in all aspects of society Today's guest is Chris Slaughter, CEO of Level We talk about banking services, how that changes your mentality and the futures this company is planning to employ Chris also tells us about living on the Bitcoin standard and what that will look like as he hopes to get many Bitcoiners there Before I get to the actual interview, I wanted to make it clear that I am an advisor to Level and I am helping Chris and his company. Uh, But that said, I I, I really do believe in the product and we wanted to have a conversation about living on the Bitcoin standard. So um, take that into consideration as you listen to this episode. Chris Slaughter, how's everything going, man?
1: Good. How are you, Jimmy?
0: I am good, and you are on the show because of your company and your journey and everything. But before we get to that, can you tell my audience who you are and you know what brought you into Bitcoin and all that?
1: Oh yeah, sure. So, so my name's Chris Slaughter. I'm the CEO of Level and Levels of Bitcoin Banks. And the way I've sort of gotten into crypto a little bit first, crypto now Bitcoin a little bit. Mm-hmm. I'd say more slowly than the rest of the market. I originally focused on software licensing in computer vision. So I worked in a completely different domain. And then in 2017, I was on break from that after selling a business and uh, got the crypto bug and started started a fund to invest in cryptocurrencies and did that until early 2018. So exited at sort of the height of that bubble in January, 2018. And I knew... At that point, that I, I really wanted to work on the consumer part of the problem, not necessarily you know managing funds for high net worth individuals, but more a sort of like a day-to-day consumer product. And we wanted to build a product that was very customer centric because we viewed a lot of the sort of goings on in the crypto market at that time as, as sort of manipulative, like fees were really high. There was a lot of market manipulation. There were a lot of scams. So we wanted to do sort of like a clean crypto shop so we built a exchange that focused on providing cryptocurrency trading so Bitcoin ethereum Litecoin and Bitcoin cash trading with uh, a sort of minimum fees and uh, the fees that you do pay were paid to other users because it had a uh, collaborative liquidity model and we in a sense we're trying to build the cleanest cryptocurrency exchange in the United States that's how I met you and how we started working together and then I'd say over time, But really by just having customers, iterating on customer feedback and learning what customers wanted, we learned that people were very interested in solving day-to-day problems, that there were a Mm -hmm. lot of places to trade crypto, but not a lot of places where you could spend Bitcoin on a debit card or get your paycheck in Bitcoin and feel like you had the high sort of degree of customer support that you would expect from that type of financial institution, which is basically a bank. And so it became super clear to us that there was a gap in the market for products that allows you to use Bitcoin to solve your day-to-day problems. So like getting paid, storing your checking account, spending it when you go out to eat at places that maybe only accept debit cards, where there's basically this gap. There were a lot of cryptocurrency exchanges, but not a place that could sort of be your Bitcoin depository institution. And that's what Level is today. So uh, Level is a uh, Bitcoin bank. And that was my journey from sort of getting the crypto bug late through cryptocurrency investing, to banking, and, and now to sort of Bitcoin only.
0: Mm. Well, let's talk about that journey a little bit. Because, you know, I think every Bitcoin <laughs> at some point, like at least played with an altcoin or something like that. What was that like at, on your side as sort of like a startup founder and like a business creator? Like, you know, how did you see that? And like, what was your thought process at the beginning? And how did you slowly sort of transition out of all those other currencies that, you know, like that were at least nominally generating some revenue for you?
1: Yeah. So I think, I think the way you asked that question is a really good way to frame the journey. Like sort of what was our thesis starting out? And then how did we evolve towards Bitcoin? Because mm-hmm. I, I think that they're, they're very compatible. So, you know, our goal in early 2018 was to build the best financial institution, consumer financial institution in crypto. And a financial institution ultimately exists to help our customers with the problems that affect their day-to-day lives, to make their financial lives easier. And, and that mission, I think, first evolved our understanding of what customers wanted from a premium financial institution in crypto, our, mm. our early hypotheses were that people wanted to trade, and they wanted better deals on trading, and they wanted a more trusted environment for trading. And then we found out that more premium customers, they were more looking to solve their day-to-day problems, getting paid, spending on a debit card, storing a checking account. And so our first evolution was, was the understanding that our users wanted a sort of daily driver experience beyond a cryptocurrency exchange and that in that daily driver experience you couldn't necessarily have sort of like one tab for trading bitcoin and one tab for spending on a debit card like maybe cash app sets it up it needed to be very very integrated and so that was the the evolution of our thesis going in to help users and then realize that sort of the main problem that users had was having a banking experience on a currency which was an alternative to the u.s dollar And then once we had that framework of thinking of kind of how do we give our users the best banking experience for an off fiat monetary Mm -hmm. standard, then you want to ask these first principles questions of like, if your main goal is not to allow people to buy NFTs, for example, or to let people Mm -hmm. day trade or or like play in a shitcoin casino, but your main goal is to help people bank on a currency that is community-governed and decentralized I think if you if you approach that problem from first principles, I think like one question is: Do you need multiple cryptocurrencies? Mm-hmm. It seems like you know having a simple, elegant user experience that is focused on providing sort of an off ramp of the dollar into a community governed alternative. Uh, you really only need one, and that's going to focus the product, focus the marketing messaging, et cetera. And then a follow on question is like: Okay, then then what is the best currency if you wanted to make you know this ambitious bet it's sort of like if, if you had to guess that tens of millions of users in a few years are going to be using something other than the dollar to be doing all of their day-to-day banking you know which cryptocurrency would it be and i think it's very clear that the answer to that is bitcoin
0: mm.
1: oh my gosh i mean just for a multitude of reasons i mean first of all you have a from inception you have a protocol that's started by this founder that it's sort of not excited by fame or fortune doesn't take a bunch of coins and set them aside for himself or even say who he is and just has this long-term vision for a a cryptocurrency alternative or decentralized alternative to fiat money and that's all that it's focused on with sort of no complications and then beyond that just it's built from the ground up to provide the best technical solution to that problem, so it's not trying to be everything. It's not trying to be a world computer, even though you can, mm. you know, script on Bitcoin for sure. But but really, Bitcoin is saying like, it's how are we uncompromising in decentralization and robustness to create the most reliable permanent record of sort of financial transactions and the least susceptible to double spend, to forking or other manipulations. And so I think it's just very clear that focus matters in engineering, that Bitcoin's built from the ground up to solve this particular problem. I haven't seen any technical proposals that are better than Bitcoin. And then you have this incredibly vibrant community behind it. So there's sort of the merit-based approaches. And then there's this sort of argument that this ecosystem that's using something, some alternative currency to the dollar benefits from network effects. So mm. the, the more people that have it, the more people that are transacting with it or even own it as a store of value, the stronger that network is and that the software could evolve, right? It's, you can always mm. evolve and fork software, but which network has the strongest network effects? And I think it's clearly Bitcoin. And it's beyond market capitalization. It's just daily day use in payments and people that are hodling it. So mm. uh, I really think ultimately like startups have to make concentrated bets to focus their Mm -hmm. efforts and bring a good product to market. And I think it's if you want to make a bet on a banking experience on a currency that is not the US dollar, it is Bitcoin. (laughs) Bitcoin is the best (laughs) alternative to the dollar. All
0: right. So let's talk about some of those banking services that you're providing. What are the things that your customers were struggling with? What were the problems that they had that you're now like, Oh we can totally solve that, and what has prevented them from being able to do that in you know like in the past? like there doesn't seem to be a service that solves some of these problems that you're solving.
1: yeah, I think that's a I think it's an accurate statement that, that, that there really aren't products that allow people to solve their uh, that sort of does this as you described it, and then mm-hmm. we just need to be careful about how we define what this is. Mm-hmm. And I think today there are a lot of products you can use to turn cash into Bitcoin and Bitcoin mm. into cash. So let's mm. call these products brokerages. Mm. And I think, it's, I think they are called brokerages. But basically, the idea behind a brokerage is a day trading app for Bitcoin. And mm. you can put cash to Coinbase, Robinhood, etc. So you can put cash on, you can convert it into Bitcoin, you can liquidate that position. And uh, mm. for a lot of people, it's still relatively early market. It's probably 15% of investors use bitcoin investing apps so it's still Mm -hmm. relatively young market but mature in in terms of like the the big players are obvious right coinbase gemini and so the the, (laughs) kraken yeah Yeah. so what we're seeing is the first thing that we noticed is that for the earliest sort of cohort of users that we attracted was i I would call them like high net worth or very sophisticated Bitcoiners and they came to our platform because it was free and it has tools to make money while we provide liquidity on our marketplace since Level doesn't charge that fee ourselves. So we were attracting a lot of Willy Woos followers. Mm-hmm. And so we were attracting these really sophisticated users. And the first insight we noticed about these users is they were looking to do something different than use a brokerage app that the most sophisticated Bitcoiners were trying to like they're asking questions like how do I stay in Bitcoin? most of the time. How do I minimize the amount of fiat that I have? Is there a way that I can make my paycheck turn into Bitcoin even faster? So <laughs> so it's really interesting. I mean, I don't think that obviously we approached it from a different frame of reference. I mean, you know, we were trying to build an investing app, but then we mm-hmm. see that our sort of smartest users that have really big account sizes, they all seem to be doing the same thing, which is getting trying to move their financial lives onto Bitcoin as much as possible. And, you know, once you see it, it's kind of obvious because Satoshi's, I don't think Satoshi's original vision was like, I'm going to build this decentralized blockchain-based money so that, you know, people can day trade it (laughs) into the ether. You know, his original vision was like, let's create a monetary scanner that is an alternative to fiat and free from, you know, the powers that be. Sort of money that's owned by... The participants in the network of that money. And so it sort of makes sense that your most sophisticated users, maybe these were the people that were buying Bitcoin in 2012, right? They're, they're, they're super smart, they made money in Bitcoin, and now they're, they're sort of, they know where the puck is headed. And the puck is headed towards the Bitcoin standard. The idea that you can, any amount of liquid assets that you hold in cash is just wasted money. it's sort of like it's just inflation just pops a hole in that wallet and therefore you want to keep all of your liquid assets in bitcoin how do you minimize exposure to fiat and then once in bitcoin how do you meet your day-to-day needs that were traditionally met by fiat services so how do you pay when you go out to dinner with a debit card or a credit card pay your utility bills with bill pay collect your paycheck with direct deposit and these are necessities for day-to-day life in banking, but not something that is offered on any brokerage products today.
0: Mm. Well, so how are you solving some of this? I can't imagine the regulatory hurdles are easy to get over on some of this stuff, or even just opening a bank account, I imagine, is pretty difficult. I know a lot of exchanges, that that tends to be a big bottleneck.
1: Yeah. So I think there's sort of no easy way. I think if, if, if you really want to be users' primary depository institution. So, mm-hmm. you know, we're not asking our users to install one more finance app. You know, that allows you to DCA or maybe it's a, a points back card. Mm-hmm. Our ask is bigger. We're, we're asking people to consider banking on an alternative currency to the dollar and making the argument that's in their best long-term interest, and then delete their banking app, <laughs> whether it's Wells Fargo or or Chase. And so, I think. Our build for level starts with an acknowledgement that you have to do a, a really good job and you have to provide an extensive suite of capabilities at the standards that are expected by a bank. That means that your if you link your direct deposit to your payroll, it should show up every month the same day it's deposited, not two days later. When you go and use your debit card, it shouldn't charge a 3% conversion fee like Coinbase. That should be free because that seems pretty fundamental to just using Bitcoin your day-to-day expenses you know, that you're not paying 5% taxes each month between the buy fees and the, the conversion fees on the debit card. And then once you realize that you have to provide these services, it's just like an incredibly deep build because if you want to offer zero fee conversions, you have to own your own liquidity. If you want people to be able to direct deposit their payroll, you need to offer full FDIC insured demand deposit accounts, not trust accounts for benefit of accounts like Coinbase uses. And so I think one thing that benefited us was just recognizing pretty early on, I think relative to the rest of the market, maybe in like early 2021, that we were seeing this category of user that was ready to bank on Bitcoin and then being very uncompromising in building, sort of building everything that it took across liquidity, bank partnerships, regulatory approvals. And then I think the second thing, and I really think this should be acknowledged because it's hard for any startup to, to build a bank that's a pretty ambitious project. And we couldn't have done it alone. It's really thanks in large part to partners that took a chance on us and made this possible. So our bank partner of all Bank and Trust and then MasterCard, who we have an extremely close relationship with now, they really took a chance. When our, most of our competitors are only have prepaid products or are struggling to launch debit cards at all, MasterCard took a huge chance on Level and uh, supported us uh, to release the Level card and the new Level metal card. And allow instant Bitcoin conversions on that. You know, honestly, I think a year faster than anyone else. So I really, I mean, I want to say we had a lot of foresight and we tried to work hard on this. But I think particularly in banking, you know, you need those powerful partners, and we were fortunate to have those partners take a chance on us.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, so talk to me about how that debit card stuff works, because you you do have stuff like the fold card, which requires you to essentially deposit money into your debit account in dollars and then well i actually you only earn the rewards in bitcoin or something like that like how does level like differentiate itself from all the other way other players that are launching their debit cards or things like that
1: so i'd say in two ways so first of all it's what we're focused on and what we're focused on is allowing people to bank and meet their day-to-day financial needs entirely in Bitcoin. Whereas I think I think sort of today's products are, are more like, how do you provide a fiat product? So it doesn't matter, it could be cash app, it could be fold, but they're, they're sort of fundamentally are fiat services that have Bitcoin incentives or Bitcoin features, right? So I think we have a focus on providing the Bitcoin banking experience, not a traditional banking experience with Bitcoin rewards. So that's that's one I think difference, and then the, I'd say that the sort of second difference is, is how holistically we view our product. I mentioned that we have a big ask, which is use Bitcoin for your day to day banking and use Bitcoin as your Bitcoin bank, and we want you to delete your old bank. And so, in order to offer something like that, you have to provide a complete ecosystem of products, so that or I'd say features of your product, so that when people come to the service, they know that they're not solving one individual need of their finances, but they'll be able to meet the high bar of all their banking activity, which includes payroll, debit card, but also bill pay and and things like that. And so those are sort of the main differences. You know, I think you asked, like, how do we compare to Fold specifically? So I think Fold's a great service. And if you're going to use prepaid cards, using one that offers Bitcoin rewards to me makes a lot of sense. It's just like a way to stack additional sats. And so the difference between level and, and Fold is like one level's a direct spend card, not a prepaid card. So you're not going to have to load it up with funds in order to use it. And it doesn't have any like bill pay fees. And then second, and probably more importantly, regardless of whether you have to load it up or not, the level card will allow you to pay with Bitcoin. So you don't need to take your Bitcoin, turn it into cash, and then connect it to... and and then use that cash to fund a prepaid card. You can take your Bitcoin balance and convert that at the point of checkout to fund your level card transactions. So that's something that is that we just announced is coming at the end of February. But when, when you put those two features together, not having to preload the card, and then being able to use Bitcoin instead of fiat, then it allows you to basically have a Bitcoin wallet that you can use to pay your day-to-day expenses like Starbucks or the grocery store. And I think that's a, a pretty substantial mindset shift.
0: And so essentially what you're saying is you, you have a debit card, you go to Whole Foods, you buy some food and you insert it. What it does on the back end is it whatever Bitcoin you have in your level account, just the right amount gets converted to dollars and then it pays for that transaction. That way you can sort of like live on the Bitcoin standard while still being able to transact in the fiat world.
1: Yes, that's accurate. So I mean, Just so MasterCard doesn't find me and kill me, Mm -hmm. (laughs) when you swipe your card, Level pays for your purchase. And at the same Mm -hmm. time, we put a hold on your Bitcoin, and then the Bitcoin gets sold to pay us back. MasterCard likes people to know that their network doesn't spend Bitcoin at the point of sale. But that, that is the benefit of tight integrations, right? If you have a debit card that is connected to the accounts, not prepaid, and you have that type of relationship with MasterCard, then you can line everything up so that we can do it all instantly. And then you're spending. Bitcoin at, at the point of checkout.
0: Okay. So that takes care of like this, you know, age old question, oh, what can I buy with Bitcoin or whatever? Essentially, you're going to make it so that you can buy pretty much whatever you want that you can buy with a debit card.
1: Yes. And I think that's really right. important. I mean, there's, it's a huge mindset shift if you think about it mm-hmm. from a world where we're saying like, what's the best place to buy Bitcoin or what is the, What's the best place to earn Bitcoin as a reward? We think of Bitcoin as, as something that you invest in or you earn. It's like property. And now we need to think of it as money itself, that you would use Bitcoin, not cash, to fill your checking account. And mm-hmm. the reason you would do that is at any point in time, if you're holding your liquid assets across cash and Bitcoin, your Bitcoin is gaining value and your cash is losing value. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's really, really that simple, right? And so mm-hmm. people will be like, well, but, but then how do I buy the dip? Well, you don't need to buy the dip because saving cash to buy the dip is shorting Bitcoin. But that's not mm. proven to be a good strategy over the last decade, right? Mm. And so it's this huge mindset shift to like you are not buying Bitcoin. You are using Bitcoin to buy things. And, mm. and you know, I think that the economic incentive of that, Jimmy, is is huge. So I looked at my own Financial situation over the last three years and just modeled for myself, what would have happened if I, t- so no initial upfront, excuse me, capital investment. And i just taken my, my salary, I make $115,000 a year. And I had just taken my paycheck every month and just turned it into Bitcoin over the last three mm-hmm. years and then spent on my debit card to pay my rent and my bills. And in my particular situation, even my $115,000 times three is what? $345,000. Yeah, three fifty, dollars right? So separate from that income in my income from holding Bitcoin through capital gains over that three year period would have made me $450,000 after taxes. And oh, so, wow. so that's crazy, right? It's like, that's the, it's like, Oh, okay. Let's, let's think about Bitcoin as an investment one more time. But just, just so we can you know illustrate that, mm-hmm. you know, banking on Bitcoin is incredibly lucrative. I mean, it's, it's, over the same period, after taxes, more than double my gross salary. We ran it for our customer support rep. He would made one hundred and sixty five thousand dollars. So mm-hmm. this is a a great opportunity for people to sort of cast their vote and say, like, yeah, I'm willing to live on Bitcoin. And then the economic incentive for people is is massive. And that's what great technology. That's what great technology like Bitcoin is supposed to do is is like change the status quo to empower people. And then What great products are supposed to do is make it so you don't have to understand the technology. And I think that Mm. is what Bitcoin banking does to the Bitcoin space.
0: Mm. Well, so let me just go back to that because that's such a powerful testament to, you know, the power of just sort of like holding Bitcoin is you're spending the same amount of money Right. Or you're getting the exact same things. You're not like foregoing purchases or anything like that. You're just converting your paycheck to Bitcoin whenever, you know, in your simulation, you just convert your check from dollars to Bitcoin when you receive it and just spend exactly as normal. And you would have come out $400,000 ahead after taxes. That's what you're saying over three years.
1: Yes. I think it's really important what you said about like same amount of spending. Because you would imagine mm-hmm. your Bitcoin checking account is appreciating in value. So at an annualized CAGR of 120%, mm-hmm. Bitcoin is more than doubling each year. So mm-hmm. if you had a checking... So like let's say your, your your bank or credit union today said, like, hey, Jimmy, we have this new checking account. It offers 120% interest rate. Mm-hmm. And you use that, you know, the value of that account would go up. And certainly there would be the temptation to change your purchasing habits. But yeah, an assumption of this is that you you sort of have the discipline to bet on Bitcoin and you don't change your purchasing habits, then the impact for that consumer is very substantial.
0: Mm. Wow. And that, I mean, like that to me is like, that sounds like the argument for going on the Bitcoin standard is that ultimately it causes your, you know, the money that you earn to go much further. Because like, that's a significant amount of savings. You could be living paycheck to paycheck if you just put in this system, you end up no longer living paycheck to paycheck. Like the amount that you save on a per month basis just keeps compounding on itself because of Bitcoin's price rise.
1: Yeah. And I mean, there's there's inherent risk to that, that I think mm-hmm. people should understand. Mm-hmm. I mean, particularly in the month of January, we've seen an, an almost 50% drawdown. And, mm-hmm. and so I think you have to understand, I think it's very important that consumers understand that even though on average, there's an over 100% CAGR, that there are risks of contractions. But Mm -hmm. at this overall performance, as long as you see some, we've seen sort of price volatility stabilize and not get worse over time, Mm -hmm. but, uh, or or continue to stabilize, it'd be hard to call it stable. But really the thing is like, first of all, yes, your, your checking account could contract Temporarily, but we know that that's temporary. And on average, Bitcoin has gone up, and we're making the assumption that it will continue to. But then I think the what the fiat the sort of fiat people would say is they'd be like, "Oh, you have less purchasing power," but you don't really. You just have less savings, <laughs> and mm-hmm. uh, but your paycheck, you know, right now, if my paycheck was to convert, it would convert at the current price, not what the price was, you know, a month ago. So I think people are trying to scare you and say, you know. Bitcoin's price, you lose purchasing power. But that's really not the case. You really mm-hmm. just buy the dip <laughs> is, mm-hmm. is, is what happens. Yeah.
0: yeah. And you're essentially buying that dip. What's interesting to me is that it's very much similar to what's happening in like other countries that aren't on the dollar. So if you live in Turkey, the Turkish lira fluctuates in value too. And it is possible that the lira gains against the dollar on one particular month. But overall, people would much rather keep it in dollars because, you know, the lira is doing terrible. And, you know, the overall trend is that it, it keeps going down against the dollar. Therefore, it's in their interest to keep their savings in dollars instead of lira, or if if they actually understand Bitcoin, to keep it in Bitcoin instead of dollars or lira. So in that sense, like it really is kind of like the big difference. And it's what it's unlocking for me right now is just understanding that we're basically in the Turkish lira equivalent right now, and by keeping everything in dollars, and that's something that I hadn't considered, but it's, it totally makes sense.
1: I think there are two driving forces behind global adoption of mm-hmm. Bitcoin, and one of them is that it's like borderless, permissionless, trustless, and so companies that or countries. Well, and I think also kind of critically has like a finite supply, right? And so Mm -hmm. countries that were excluded from the international financial system or have currency systems that are just woefully inadequate from a technical standpoint or or not connected enough or just depreciating too quickly, like the example that you gave, um, Mm -hmm. it, it provides a technical solution for those people to switch to a currency that's better today. And... And so I think people often ask me, like, do you have to have sort of a destabilization of the dollar in order for Bitcoin to make sense for, for U.S. users? And uh, the answer is no. And, and the reason is that there's a second thing that contributes to Bitcoin's value, separate from the fact that it's permissionless and a better technical solution to the currency problem for these emerging markets that have their own currency um, sort of monetary collapse going on or monetary reset going on. Aside from that, Bitcoin is a way to opt out of that system. Bitcoin Mm. ultimately is a way to say, hey, the dollar doesn't have to collapse or depreciate in value ultimately for Bitcoin to make sense. We just need to provide technical product experiences where people can just no longer use the dollar. And Mm. if people switch to using Bitcoin, then the dollar will sort of like fade out of existence. It's like like an old Mm. God that people don't believe in anymore. And so Mm. I think that there's greater pressure due to monetary policy in these developing countries or historical monetary policy and then pressure from international lenders. There's greater pressure today to see Bitcoin adoption in places like El Salvador. But we don't have to wait for those situations to transpire in the United States for Bitcoin to be a better alternative. We can simply vote the dollar out of existence by providing alternative Mm. banking solutions on Bitcoin. And the more people that take that chance, the more handsomely they will be rewarded, as we discussed earlier.
0: Mm. Well, so we have this debit card thing that allows you to pay for, I guess, like sort of day-to-day purchases. But there are sort of purchases that You know, require significantly more. You know, like banking infrastructure stuff. So, for example, you might have you know rent or something like that. Your landlord likely doesn't take a credit card. There are you know cars and things like that where you can't necessarily pay it with debit or credit card. They usually want to avoid those fees. So they make you pay with like a cashier's check or something like that. What are the solutions for, I guess, bigger ticket items that you can provide through this infrastructure that you're building?
1: Yeah. So I think like with all products, we want to look at how people are spending time and then make the best experiences for, for how people are engaging with the product and Mm. getting paid in Bitcoin, and then doing your day-to-day spending in Bitcoin on a debit card, that is something like 90% of people's financial activity. But then Hmm. you have these other things you need to do, like you described, bill pay, sending the occasional wire, maybe requesting money from a friend or family member. And those features might represent less than 10% of what your typical user does with their bank. But could you imagine mm. leaving your bank if you rely on that to pay an important bill or, mm. you know, fund your your child's college each semester? So in that sense, you have to provide everything to be a bank. Even if you want to invest most of your energy in it, just making sure that you nail the day-to-day experience so that it's you an know, mm. easier to use experience than the crypto exchange plus their bank, you have to get those other features right. And it's a tremendous amount of infrastructure to build. So... Some bills are paid over the ACH rails. Some are paid by wires. There's bill pay. There's electronic payments. And uh, I'd say our approach at Level is to provide all of those capabilities. To provide those capabilities at high limits. So there are some really popular crypto apps right now that let you that have introductory limits of thousand dollars a week on Level. You can you can trade three hundred thousand dollars a day. Every user can, and then you can transfer up to $40,000 a day over ACH. You can get direct deposit $100,000 a day. So it's really important that these features have capacity, that they don't just Mm. exist. And then the the sort of final thing is like with our debit card, how we ultimately allowed the debit card to spend directly from Bitcoin. In our ultimate vision, all of these individual transaction types that you're talking about, like ACHs and bill pay, even though those are sent over the traditional fiat system, they should be able to be funded with Bitcoin, which would be sort of the final, the final step. Well, maybe mm. maybe the final step is delisting the dollar, and you can <laughs> just use Bitcoin as, as your checking account. But this is close to the final step. So I'd say with with V two, which is the new version of the app that we're releasing in uh, mid to late February, and focuses on Bitcoin banking as the primary purpose of the app, we will have all these capabilities like wires, ACH, direct deposit. Some will be automated, like the debit card, to allow you to spend Bitcoin directly over the traditionally fiat MasterCard network. And then some features you'll have to sell Bitcoin and then initiate that transfer. But our ultimate goal is to allow you to do these traditional fiat payments in Bitcoin this year. So do you
0: have direct deposit already where it auto converts to Bitcoin or is that or some mechanism for that? Like, is there like, you know, ACH, you know, routing number and, you know, account number that you can, you know, fill out on your employer's forms so you can deposit directly to a level account?
1: So level today, we provide full FDIC insured demand deposit accounts in partnership with Evolve Bank and Trust, who I mentioned and with account and routing numbers that you can provide to your payroll provider to receive direct deposit today, that's fully supported. And you can convert those cash deposits into Bitcoin, albeit today it's a manual process. So mm. from a infrastructure or a feature set capability, uh, this is pretty good for a cryptocurrency product because mm-hmm. exchanges cannot receive payroll today. And then mm. with Startup products that are built on top of trusts like Prime Trust, they can receive direct deposit, but not in all cases because payroll providers are not used to sending payroll to trusts that have virtual account numbers. So today Mm -hmm. you can use Bitcoin or you can use Level as your primary checking account. And then in the second version of the app that I mentioned, which is coming out in mid to late February, we will provide that automated experience as part of a redesign of connecting Mm -hmm. direct deposit. So the way the new experience works is you are given an account or routing number. So if you want to provide that to HR or log into your payroll provider and specify that on level, you can do it that way. But what's easier is now from the level app, you can just log in to your payroll provider, Mm -hmm. which uh, 80% of people in today's workforce have access to. And uh, so you just log in directly through the, the level app. It will redirect that to level for your next paycheck. And then mm. there's a slider where you can say how much of your paycheck you want converted into Bitcoin, and I think this is mm. this is the future of DCA, right? <laughs> how much of so your- don't
0: DCA? It's just direct conversion at like I guess payment or uh, whenever we, you receive money, basically.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I mean, you know, on Coinbase that would charge that would cost like two percent fees if if you're lucky. Mm. And so we, we wanted to eliminate the fees, but but really also you know you want it you want to eliminate the fees, and then you want to allow people to sort of just answer, like, how much of your paycheck do you want to leave in filthy fiat, right? And have everything (laughs) automated for you from there. Uh And Mm. and I think what we're preparing to release is a culmination of sort of years to get it to that experience. It seems simple, but the infrastructure is quite complex, as you've noted.
0: Well, so you convert your money into Bitcoin, but, you know, like... Say you're still using a credit card or something like that and you need to pay that credit card off. Is the other direction available where you could do ACH payments or where I guess the credit card company would pull from this account or something like that? Is that a possibility as well?
1: Yeah, so we support all of that. We support everything Hmm. you would get from a bank just with way Hmm. higher limits. And so there's a couple ways to pay a credit card bill. You can for some credit cards, you can initiate a payment from level to the credit card. For example, mm-hmm. I think Discover allows that because they have mm-hmm. they have account and routing numbers for Discover accounts, but that's rare. The more common way that you pay a credit card bill is you log into your credit card account and you give your bank account and routing number, and then mm-hmm. the, the credit card drafts your payment through an electronic payment. That's fully supported. So if you're using your bank to pay your credit card bills today, you can use Level to pay your credit card bills today.
0: Uh, and so currently it doesn't support sort of like automatic conversion into Bitcoin, but like on the way out, does it convert from Bitcoin to dollars before, you know, the, they when they do that pull or is it like, does it work a little differently? How does it work right now?
1: So when V2 is launched, so we on, on LBL.co slash blog, we have a, blog post called master plan and it provides our mm. whole roadmap like step by step what are we going to do in order to be mm. the first bitcoin bank in north america and when we launch the second version of the app which has a improved user experience it's streamlined it's just focus on bitcoin banking not focus on other mm. crypto and not focus on brokerage but just focus on being the best bitcoin bank when that launches in the home screen there is a fiat balance there's a bitcoin balance and then there are add and send buttons. And if mm-hmm. you press add, it gives you a direct deposit option, your Bitcoin deposit option. If You hit send, you have wires, ACH, Bitcoin withdrawal. At launch of V2, those will draft from the relevant accounts. So if you were about to pay, you know, a $12,000 bill, you would just want to sell Bitcoin. It's two clicks in our interface and then initiate that withdrawal. And then in our master plan, the next step after that, is to make it so all those can be funded from Bitcoin. So ideally, mm-hmm. you don't want to have to sell Bitcoin manually. That's kind of a brokerage feature, mm-hmm. if you think about it. So for the debit card, you want to just be able to toggle. Is it spending mm-hmm. cash or is it spending Bitcoin? Just a toggle. And maybe for a wire, you know, you want to say, just you're doing a wire, you're mailing someone a check. You'd want to say who it's going to, what their, their information is, the dollar amount. And then maybe at the last step, it would say, do you want to pay for this with cash or Bitcoin? And uh, mm. so you'll see us rolling out those automations to allow you to stay in Bitcoin all the time, both financially and from a user experience perspective. Those will be rolling out. The first one, of course, is a debit card. That's the first transaction type that will support mm-hmm. pay with Bitcoin, and then the rest to follow.
0: Mm. Okay. So basically what you're saying is that for now you're going to have to keep both balances, but you can do it really easily through the app and you don't have to go on an exchange, sell it, wait for that, you know, wire back to your yep. you know banking account to clear. Yep. Instead you just have it in one place. But eventually what what it'll be able to do is you have your balance in Bitcoin. Anytime you know your credit card is due or whatever, it'll do the conversion for you and everything.
1: Correct. So I mean there's Level's not the only way that you can, you know, get fiat out of your life. And there are, Mm -hmm. you know, credit to the the community and the get on zero community. There are, you know, I'd say less than a thousand people in North America that are like banking just on Bitcoin. And Mm -hmm. it's hard to do today. Like you have to spend on a credit card, then pay your credit card bill with Bitcoin and then hold everything else in Bitcoin. But some people are doing that. And I'd say today... You know, it's maybe like a thousand people are Bitcoin banking and it's very hard to do because as you described, like you need to move your funds from your, like, let's say you get paid in the Wells Fargo account. You have to send it over to Coinbase. That takes three days. Then on Coinbase, convert it into Bitcoin, pay the fees you described, so on and so forth. So what we want to do is we want to build the best experience to just let you bank on Bitcoin. And, you know... Maybe at first we're taking a small group of people, let's say a thousand people, and we're helping them be able to solve that problem in, you know, a couple hours of work a week instead of the five to six days it takes them to move the funds around and with no fees instead of paying a lot of fees. But then pretty quickly with community feedback and like as more people join and we're always very open to feedback and have an open roadmap, we want to keep iterating on that until eventually it's no time. And all of that is automated. And what between making it an easy experience that is sort of easier than a brokerage app and maybe even easier than the bank that you use today, by making the experience easier, together with the economic incentive that I described for people to really improve their financial decision by making this switch, uh, our hope is that those thousand crazy people <laughs> that are banking on Bitcoin today turns into 10,000 and 100,000 and eventually millions. Because if it's made easy, more people will do it and it makes the effort more worth it and more valuable in the end.
0: Yeah, and that's definitely something that many of us in the Bitcoin space really want. All right, so I have to ask you this question, of course, um, and that's how are you going to handle taxes? Because obviously, all of these Bitcoin transactions, at least the way the law is written and the way the rulings have gone and so on, every time you do spend bitcoin you have to keep track of it and all that are you going to take care of that for your users what's going to happen
1: yes it's a really timely question because we're recording this on january 31st and Mm -hmm. tomorrow february 1st we will mail or will email all of our customers their tax records for the year and Mm -hmm. this is going to be our third year doing this and level and sometimes we do our we just do our users taxes i mean we're not tax consultants And we, of course, tell people like work with your tax advisor, review these yourselves. you're responsible for your own filings. But level goes a lot further than than brokerages. Typically, like a brokerage like Coinbase, what they're going to do is they're going to send you an email. And they're going to say, here's your transaction history, like, and here are three different firms that you could go to your taxes with. And then those firms are going to cost like $500 to ingest your taxes, and then calculate your capital gains and how much you or ingest your transaction history and then calculate your capital gains. So on Level, and this will be our third year doing this, we take care of all of that for all of our users, for all of their transactions that are on the platform. So uh, what does that mean? It means we analyze our user's transaction volume. And if applicable, we file a 1099K with the IRS, mm-hmm. which is a, a IRS required um, document from payments processors like Level, letting them know the volume of activity that's required by law. And then we give users a transaction history, which is the same thing that Coinbase would give them. So if you want to go work with a third-party tax firm, you can, but then we go further and we give our users a eighty-nine forty-nine equivalent summary. So that is the full breakdown of all your transactions, what your cost basis was and for each sale, and then your net capital gains or losses. And we use a FIFO method for that mm. and the sort of final product to that is a 1099b entry so if all you had ever used for many of our users and i really think that this is like a user experience problem let's think about like who's using bitcoin products today and i'm not talking about bitcoin banks because we know that's very few but even bitcoin products 15 percent of people that hold stocks hold bitcoin then 56 percent of people in the United States that are banking age hold stocks. So it's so, something like six to 7% of people that are, that are six uh, to 7% of banking banked users are, are holding Bitcoin today. It's across brokerage and Bitcoin banks like us. And then in comparison, banked users in the United States is 92% of the population are either underbanked or banked. So there are way, 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 way more people that, Oh, and one more fun data point: in 2019, about half of people that had crypto transactions filed taxes. So let's just put in like perspective: 92% of people in the United States do have a bank. Three percent of people in the United States putting all that math together. Three percent of people in the United States know how to do crypto taxes. So huge divide there, right? And so what we're trying to do at Level is just make it so like you can just do your transactions throughout the year. We're U.S. company. U.S. users are responsible for filing their taxes. But we make it as simple as just taking one table and inputting it into your taxes, as long as you, know, you feel comfortable with the, the way the calculations are done and, and with reporting it that way. And so, so we really think of it as a user experience problem, that taxes should be, you should pay your taxes if you're a US citizen, but the amount of effort and knowledge you have to have to get that done should be minimized. And that's why Level just does our users taxes each year.
0: It hmm. seems very in line with kind of where you're taking this company, which is to remove all of the fiat headaches, right, from being on the Bitcoin standard. And that that is definitely something I would love to use more of. And I, I can't wait for the next version to come out so I can, you know, change over, you know, whatever paychecks I get or whatever, whatever, so that it, it can auto convert or at least I... It doesn't take like three days to convert money, right. you know, that those little UI improvements are absolutely huge. So I'm looking forward to having that. What are your plans for the future? What other things are you going to add? I know you mentioned the master plan thing, but what are some of the things on there that users can look forward to besides, you know, being able to pay your bills and have a debit card and all that stuff? What else are you looking to do with this company?
1: So. Level was founded to build like a great financial institution for the next hundred years. And we followed our nose in terms of what users want that we think that they want if if it's delivered as a good product. And we think ultimately is good for users and has long-term, creates long-term financial value for them. And I think it's by following those principles that we arrived at being a Bitcoin bank, that the, the most valuable thing we could build, the most valuable financial institution we could build to improve consumers' lives was a bank that natively supported Bitcoin. And as we continue down the road of providing that, I think it's the mission very clear. It's how do we build the best bank in the world? How do we build the best Bitcoin product in the world? And how do we make our company as supportive as possible of Bitcoin since we're sort of you know, tying our horse to that wagon, right? We're mm-hmm. like, we're, we're betting on Bitcoin. We're saying, hey, everybody should be banking on Bitcoin. So we need Bitcoin to do well. And our, our roadmap really reflects that. So you mentioned, I think we've discussed in some depth how automation is going to make it easier for people to bank on Bitcoin. And that is obviously beneficial across the board. I think clearly helps with our Bitcoin problem and our banking problem, but also helps Bitcoin ultimately by bringing meaningful payments utilization to its charter, which I think is consistent with Satoshi's vision. And then I think beyond that, you'll see a set of features that are that should feel very familiar if you've banked or you've used Bitcoin lately. So big initiative we have underway with MasterCard is introducing a credit program. This is going to include a very, well, well before I mentioned the credit card, we, we do have a new debit card coming. So we have the level card available today, which is a plastic debit card. In February, we're going to announce that that's going to earn 25 bits back, so 0.25% SATs back on every swipe. We have a metal card coming, the level metal card that's going to earn 0.5% SATs back. And then we're introducing a credit program now. We're collaborating with it on MasterCard. That's going to start with a flagship golden, very high-end metal credit card that will pay a very high cash back in SATs and have some other very attractive rewards. And then we'll follow that up with a more good credit level, sort of a mid-grade plastic credit product. And the goals with these products is no fees, just straightforward. Let's get people sats back from the most lucrative rails to participate in. And then uh, the third and final credit product that we're planning is a credit builder product. So this will be a collateralized credit card account that allows people with fair credit to work their way up to our credit product and eventually our high-end credit product. So uh, that's coming on the how can we support Bitcoin and make uh, be more authentic to the Bitcoin mission front? Big change that we have planned for late this year is lightning support. So today, we, our withdrawals on level are uh, multi sig and have a policy based institutional cosigner as an industry leading security safeguard. But Bitcoin transactions are not always cheap. And then we have a, a small 0.2% service fee uh, that goes to our institutional cosigner. So we see Lightning as an alternative to that that allows users to send and receive payments in, in our business model with no fees. So you'd be able to... Lightning on our platform would be free because we don't have the costs of that co So we look forward to supporting Lightning. I'd say that's coming late later this year. The biggest challenges with supporting Lightning is the relative immaturity of institutional, institutional platforms for it that would give us the types of policy controls that we have with established custody wallets, but something we're actively working on. And when we think we can provide something as secure as our current Bitcoin wallets, we will provide lightning payments. Another thing that we have coming, I love this stuff. I love products So like, (laughs) that's Mm -hmm. like my favorite thing to think about. Another really exciting thing we have coming is a way to pay with Bitcoin and earn Bitcoin back at very high rates at the point of sale of some major merchants so, the, our merchant partners on this would be Apple, Target, Athleta, Gap. So, these are program; these are brands that don't do rewards at all and certainly don't accept Bitcoin as a form of payment. And we have found a novel way to work with these brands and allow people to pay in the Apple store and earn sats back at about the same rate as the Apple College discount. Um, so, something like $100 off an of entry level MacBook Air. Earn that in Bitcoin with unlimited uses. So that's something I'm really excited to offer because I think it's the type of thing that you're savvy. You know, I mentioned how we have these sort of very high-end, premium users. I think it's the type of thing those types of users really appreciate, <laughs> and also just a really high sats back program compared to what's out there. So that's something that's coming probably in Q3. So yeah, there's a couple things we have planned, but really it's it's just how do we build the best bank, the best Bitcoin experience and the most supported Bitcoin company that that really, everything we have planned fits into the general description in one way or another.
0: Mm. And what's the cost to the user and where can people sign up?
1: Yeah. So the cost to the user level is free to use with all of the trading limits and all of the transfer limits that you would expect or that, that I've described. So there's no limitations for the free tier. And then there are a couple ways that we make money. So the main way we make money is through debit card interchange. So this is the same way that Chime, the neobank, makes money. When a user swipes their debit card at a merchant, like a grocery store, or it's like anywhere we use your, your debit card, the merchant pays the network and level some money for processing that card. So when you go to 7-Eleven, pays level. That is a big revenue driver for us. We also have a subscription tier. Called level premium, and that includes chat-based support with a dedicated banker. So, we have an Austin-based banking team, and a uh, your banker is assigned to your account, is familiar with you, understands your historical problems and, and your financial needs, and helps you. And then, it also includes market making, which is a, a fully automated account that earns income, uh, potential income, by providing liquidity. On Levels Exchange, I think I mentioned Level. We make no money off trading fees and no money off hidden spreads. All the all the spread that is paid when you buy Bitcoin is paid to our users. So our premium users use that, and there's a nine dollar a month subscription for premium support and for premium support and that market making feature. And then we have a couple transaction fees, like I mentioned the withdrawal fee, but the transaction fees are are, uh, predominantly pass through costs for Level. Level doesn't really make Money off that, and then long term, we'd like to eliminate them so they're they're de minimis.
0: Mm. Okay, well, so there's a lot of different things coming. Where can people sign up? Where can oh, people yeah. <laughs> find you? <laughs>
1: yeah, well, thanks for reminding me. So on Twitter, we are Bank with Level, and Level is spelled L V L. You can go to our website lvl.co, dot co, not com, but co. You can go to the App Store; we're available on Google Play and Apple. And search for Level Mobile Banking or Level Bitcoin Banking, and yeah, you can sign up. I'd say you can currently use the current version of the app, which supports like all of your banking needs. And then, as I mentioned, mid to late February, the new version is coming out. And uh, really, this is a community-driven effort. As I mentioned, the both our focus on just Bitcoin and delisting alternative currencies, as well as our evolution to become a Bitcoin bank with no fees, all of these were driven by customer feedback. So. I appreciate everyone that uses it as early as possible in its rawest form, gives feedback. It's how we evolve and hope to get some new members from this discussion.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much. And and yeah, I really hope that you get there because everyone in this space like is looking for something like this.
1: Yeah, I think it's a, it's a very ambitious project, but we're closer than ever. And uh, I think an important problem to be solved. All right.
0: Unchained Capital is a sponsor of this podcast. I'm an advisor to the company. I know the team well, and I'm excited for what they are building. If you need multi-sig collaborative custody or a Bitcoin-native financial services partner, learn more at unchained.com. Well, that wraps it up for this episode of Bitcoin Fixes This. Chris can be found at at YBCHRI underscore on Twitter and at BankwithLevel and lvl.co.
1: Until next time, fiat bill invest.